to be a part of that. Okay, and our next instructor is Daniel Amstutz. He is the director of our praise and worship and uh, here at Karis Bible College. And uh, he's been with us. He started out as adjunct uh, at the beginning of this last year. And uh, we quickly saw the influence, the positive influence he had on our students. And uh, we brought him on full-time. And um, he's uh, since then, he's created a CD. He's held a uh, worship conference here. We're starting a third-year school of worship school, and uh, we are just excited uh, about Daniel's heart and uh, what he is doing here at Karis Bible College, and you're going to get to hear him right now. So let's give a warm CBC welcome, Daniel Amstutz. Thank you, Gary. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Gary, and thank all of you for being here today. What an awesome day, and what an awesome conference. Amen. How many of you have not yet heard our brand new worship CD called Responding? That's way too many hands. I've got one today, and you will find these back at the product table, which is in the AWM product room, kind of to the back to the right. Most of you probably know where it is already. But we have a CBC table, uh, called a Karis Bible College table, that is set up. And so this product, we, uh, we really wanted to capture the sounds of the students, is really what we wanted to do. So instead of recording this in the evening, as you would typically have a recording session uh, for a live worship recording, we recorded this right in our morning slot when we normally would be worshiping together. And uh, we have five different worship leaders leading on this CD. So it really gives you a, a cross-pollinization, uh, if you will, a, a flavor of who we are as Karis Bible College. And I tell you what, I have been so blessed uh, since coming on uh, in January full-time uh, to be here because one of the things I love so much is the passion that our students worship with. You know, some of you uh, can recognize this when you go into a particular church or a particular, you know, setting. You get that real subdued uh, worship thing going on, you know, where everybody is kind of afraid to really enter in and you kind of get this whole passive thing going. Well, let me tell you, that is not happening at Karis Bible College. Amen. We enter in with our whole heart. And uh, we respect God and we honor him and we give him the glory and the honor that he is due. But at the same time, we celebrate him. And that's exactly the way God loves it. So uh, I'm just thankful for our student body and for the opportunity, our faculty, all of us uh, to worship together. We have a a great time. So I'd love to give this away to somebody. uh, And I see hands going up everywhere here, Gary. Be led by the spirit, brother. (laughs) Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, as Gary mentioned, I'm the director of the Healing School, and just to reiterate that will be happening here in this auditorium this particular week. We normally meet in our uh, main auditorium over uh, on the campus. And uh, Pastor Lawson, thank you so much for allowing us to use this facility this week. What a blessing. Praise the Lord. Amen. Barbara, thank you. Amen. We started training. We, uh, we had our students go through six weeks of training on how to minister to the sick. Uh, we started off with 178 students. Now, I thought that was absolutely amazing because this is in addition to their normal school time. They're not getting credit for doing this. This is not you know, anything extra. This was just their heart to say, I want to get involved and I want to learn how to minister healing and I want to be a doer of the word. And so it's been awesome. We went through six weeks of training, and then we launched the school during campus days, which is March the 10th. And I'm telling you, it has been amazing. I've so appreciated Carly and Ashley, who have been assisting during the healing school. 
We've had various uh, guest teachers who have been coming in. And also, we live stream the Healing School every week. So for those of you who don't live here locally, uh, you'll be able to partake of the worship and the teaching time. We don't actually live stream the actual ministry, uh, since that's more of a personal private time. But I've got to tell you, every week we are seeing miracles. Every week we are seeing healings. And how many of you know God will always be God if we'll just let Him? Amen? Amen? You know that old song years ago, please release me, let me go. I think that's what God's singing right now. We're always wanting him to show up. Amen. We're always begging for him to come. And I think he's just asking for us to let him out. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So we have a great time in the healing school and we've, we have guest teachers and some of our faculty in addition to myself, I don't do all the teaching. Uh, Greg Moore, our new director of our business school, uh, has been teaching. Uh, Barry has been teaching uh, and, and we love his teaching on healing and it's been such a blessing. We've had Bob Yandian come and minister and different teachers, uh, Dwayne Sheriff, uh, just all kinds of different teachers. So do avail yourself of this because it really is a blessing. And we're excited about what God is doing in our healing school. And then our third year track is our school of worship, which will be our brand new school opening up in September. We're super excited about it. And uh, we're, like I said, this is a third year track. And one of the reasons why we did it this way is because how many know that in worship ministry, it's often been an area where integrity has not been the first word that would come to your mind. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, we have a lot of talent, but not so much integrity. And so we're really wanting our students to go through our first year and our second year program so that they can get a foundation in the Word of God, no matter where they come from. You know, it's interesting to me that when people come to the school, maybe many of you who uh, first got uh, tuned into Andrew's ministry thought you knew about righteousness until you began to hear the teaching. You thought you knew about the love of God until you heard Andrew teach on the love of God. And when that begins to happen in our school, I'm telling you, there's a foundation that you can't lay any other way. I'm telling you, it's but the word and the spirit agreeing. And those first two years are so vital to bring us into the third year. Because how many of you know that many in the body of Christ today have been worshiping under the wrong model? And it takes some time to turn that whole thing around. We're going to talk about that today. In fact, if you have your Bibles with you, which I hope you do, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 8. And we're going to talk this morning a little bit. We only have just a short time uh, in the school. I'm actually going to be teaching a course called A Better Way to Worship. And I'll be teaching it for a solid 24 hours. Help me, Jesus. Help you, Jesus. So we're just going to kind of touch on this today. But many in the church have been worshiping under an old model. And Hebrews 8, let's look at this scripture and then we'll kind of talk about this a little bit. Hebrews chapter 8, are you there yet? And I'm going to be uh, reading out of the New King James today. But let's begin with verse 6, just in the interest of time. Uh, Well, you know what, let's begin with verse 1 and 2 and then we'll jump to verse 6 of chapter 8. Hebrews 8. Now this is the main point of the things we are saying. We have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle. Everybody say true tabernacle, which the Lord erected and not man. See, I thought for years that the model of praise and worship was the tabernacle of David being restored. 
And I went back to the old covenant to try to establish that worship model and thought it was working pretty well. But look at over here. Verse 6 says, But now this high priest has obtained a much more excellent ministry. Everybody say, more excellent. Inasmuch as he is also mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. And you know what? If we're living under a better covenant with better promises, then there must be a better way to worship. Turn to your neighbor and say, Amen or oh me. There must be a better way to worship. So why have we been going back to the old covenant to establish our model of worship off of an old covenant that's no longer even for us today? Off of a tabernacle that was erected by man instead of by the Lord himself. Well, if there's a better way to worship, then how many want to know what it is? I did. But I got to tell you, it didn't start off so good with me and God. I was kind of mad at him. Because I went back to the Old Covenant, and I began to read about how they dedicated the Temple of Solomon. And on the day that they dedicated it, all the singers and the instrumentalists were as one sound to be heard. And it says the glory cloud was so strong, it came in so strong, that the priests couldn't even do what? They couldn't even stand up. The glory cloud was so strong. And I thought, Lord, you said we're under better covenant, better promises. I'm not seeing that happen in our worship services. Talk to me. Hello? If that glory was so strong back then that they couldn't even stand up and we're under a better covenant, then where is it today? And I began to think about, you know, it's probably me. I'm probably just not singing in the right key. You know, I bet God loves A-flat major more than any other key. And if I would just play an A-flat major, Thou art worthy. I know that glory cloud's going to come in any minute. Thou art worthy. Do you love it, Lord? Thou art worthy, O Lord. And as I'm kind of in this, you know, place, dysfunctional as it is, I suddenly hear the Lord say to me, Daniel, wake up. Don't you realize you're under a better covenant? Why are you waiting for the glory of God, God to roll in as a cloud when I told you that Christ in you is the hope of glory? Oh, Hallelujah! Man, I began to see a different picture of what the Lord had in mind for us as New Testament believers. How we're always trying to do something to get God to show up. If I just raise my hands high enough, surely the glory will manifest. I remember the first time. Do you? Come on. I was a Baptist kid. My dad was a Baptist pastor. We were raised in a Baptist home. And I tell you what, my mom was the first one to get spirit filled. Oh my, that was not good. My dad began a, a sermon series on why tongues is from the devil. And here was my mom speaking in tongues. So our family quiet times weren't so quiet anymore. And I remember the first time I ever came to a church where, you know, I, I finally figured out it was, you know, God's plan to lift our hands. And I, I said, okay, God, here it is. Take it or leave it. They ain't coming any higher. This is it. You remember? And then years ago, I, I was at a, a worship conference one time when I heard a lady who, bless her heart, I'm sure she meant well, but she spent the entire hour teaching on how to lift your hands to the Lord. 
whether it's this way or this way. I'm like, who cares? Just lift them up. Amen. I, th- I said, maybe the, this way the ladies like it a little more because you can see the jewels. <laughs> but how many remember the first time? See, and so these things are new to us when we haven't been raised in this, when we haven't been taught in this. Sometimes this stuff is kind of weird. I remember going to a full gospel businessman convention in Denver, Colorado, and my mom was so excited. You know, Brother Hagen was going to be there, and, and man, it was going to be awesome, you know. And I was at the University of Colorado studying under a music scholarship, and, and you know, I was just in my little own world. And so I came down from Boulder and, and came to Denver, and I walked in this big, big ballroom auditorium, and thousands of people are in this auditorium. And I walk in, the first thing I see is everybody in there, I'm coming from the back, and everybody in there is going like this. I'm telling you, it wasn't good. I'm thinking, oh man, that's Heil Hitler stuff right there. How many of you ever had a pastor go, just extend your hands this way and let's agree? Right? But no one ever teaches you why we're doing this. What does this mean? What do you mean extend your hands this way and agree? Did you know that this is actually one of the Hebrew words for praise? When you extend your hand and agree, that's actually the word toda in the Hebrew, which means to agree with what's about to happen. But see, if you've never been taught that, it's kind of weird. I remember the first time you ever danced in the spirit. How many are still waiting? <laughs> See, these things do not come natural to the natural man. And so what we've done as the church is we've tried to make our church services be really comfortable for everybody who is an unbeliever. <laughs> when did somebody figure out that the church are the called out ones? They're the believers, not the unbelievers. Now, you know what? If an unbeliever comes into our gathering, that's fabulous. That's wonderful. But why are we orienting our entire worship service around making an unbeliever become comfortable? Here's what we've done. We've not only substituted an old covenant model for a new covenant model. Listen to this. But we've substituted contemporary worship for spirit-filled worship. And our model is not to be contemporary. Our model is to be filled with the Holy Ghost. God's calling us into spirit-filled worship. So what does that look like? What does that sound like? Well, I think that's what God's restoring. That's what God's building in us now. Because just like... Uh, Wendell was ministering a little while ago. We become so familiar with one another. We see one another after the flesh instead of after the spirit. But the truth is the tabernacle sitting right next to you. And it's full of the glory of God. It may not look like it to you, but it is. Tell your neighbor, you're full of the glory. And let me tell you, that's way better than be full of something else. Come on. We've got a better covenant. We're under better promises. There must be a better way to worship. 
So I'm thinking about this whole glory cloud thing coming in, and the Lord's telling me, no, it's just time to let it out. And I'm in this whole environment of the glory of God. And, Lord, what does this look like? You know, what does this covenant look like? What does this covenant sound like? When the glory of God is actually allowed to not only be in us, but fill us, what happens? And, you know, it's interesting because if we had time today, we could go to the book of Acts and talk about when the Holy Spirit was initially poured out in Acts chapter 2. The Bible says there was a sound from heaven. There was a sound from heaven as the Spirit of God was initially poured out. Now, I want to ask you, if the Holy Ghost was poured out, why are we asking Him to show up? He's already here. I'm so tired of hearing those songs that just talk about, Lord, would you come? Would you come? Rend the heavens, Lord, and come down. What? Wrong covenant. Old covenant. We're not there anymore. Amen. We're living under a better covenant with better promises. He's already here. You brought him with you. I tried every service for years and years and years, not only to get into the Spirit myself, but to get the whole congregation in the Spirit. I'll never forget in Tulsa years ago, I served with Bobby Andian for all of the 80s as his minister of music. And uh, I think around 1984, I ended up with some stomach problems. And man, I just, you know, I was not doing good. And so our doctor at that particular time was in the City of Faith at, on the campus of Oral Roberts University. And I'll never forget when I was sitting in his office one time dealing with this acid reflux, you know, uh, we, we, were, we weren't really sure what was going on, but, you know, hiatal hernia, some kind of just real, you know, stomach acidy stuff going on. And he said, uh, do you feel like you're under a lot of stress? And I said, oh, no, no. <laughs> he said, really? Okay, well, uh, tell me about what you do. And I said, well, I'm a worship leader and, you know, uh, minister of music and, you know, um, I lead, uh, you know, thousands of people into the presence of God every week. And I, I love it. You know, I love it. He said, do you? Wow, that's great. And, uh, <laughs> and how is that when uh, somebody doesn't really, really want to go in the presence of God? You know, like that guy on the back row that's kind of, you know, like this. I go, oh, I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> I know his name. <laughs> and he's my goal. Every week, I'm determined I'm going to get that guy to unfold his arms and lift him up and come with me as we magnify the Lord together. And he said, well, what if that brother doesn't come in faith? He said, so you're trying to do something even Jesus can't do. I'll tell you what, it changed my life. Because I realized instead of ministering to somebody in unbelief, why don't you minister to the people who've come in faith? See? See? Why don't you encourage them and bring them along? So in this atmosphere of trying to figure out what this thing looks like, I realized it's not my responsibility to bring people into the presence of God. You know why? We're already there. Praise God. We're already there. You say, well, I'm not. Yes, you are. You just don't know you are. You're already seated with Him in heavenly places. Turn with me. You know the scripture, but look at it. Ephesians chapter 2. Turn with me over to Ephesians chapter 2. Amen. 
We're already seated with Him in heavenly places. In fact, watch this. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1. Sorry, Scripture people who are putting words up there. (laughs) Ephesians chapter 1. Look at this. Verse 2 says what? Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the Father, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody say, who has blessed us. I'm not trying to get blessed. Come on, say it with me. I'm not trying to get blessed. I am blessed. I was blessed. And nothing's ever changed. I'm still blessed. So if I was blessed, he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons. In other words, we're living in his house. By Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, watch this, to the praise of the glory, hmm, to the praise of the glory of his grace. You want to know where the glory is? It's in the grace of God. We're looking for it in a cloud. No, 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 no. That's old covenant. That's not for us today. The Spirit of God still manifests. He still does what He does. But I'm telling you, we have the Spirit of God living in us by the grace of God. And it's in the grace of God that we see the glory of God manifest. So what happens is, we have to learn that in our spirit man, we're already seated with Him in heavenly places. Look over at this, uh, chapter 2. You know the scripture well. Chapter 2 of Ephesians. It says, verse 5, or verse 4, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he has loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in us, in his kindness, toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you've been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Praise the Lord. So, in our spirit man, if we had time this morning to talk more about this, which I I wish we did, because there's so much in this that we really could unpack. But in our spirit man, we are already seated with Christ in heavenly places. We don't have to try to get into the Holy of Holies every Sunday. Because in the Holy of Holies, we were brought there by the blood of the Lamb. Not by a song. A song does not bring you into the Holy of Holies. I don't care who wrote it. I don't care how great it is. The only thing that can bring us into the Holy of Holies is the blood of the Lamb. Hebrews chapter 9 makes that abundantly clear. Okay? So that was the price that was paid for you to be seated with Him in the spirit realm in the Holy of Holies. But let's face it. If you've not read Andrew's book on spirit, soul, and body, if you've not heard good teaching on this, on this revelation, if you will, you're going to be struggling in the area of praise and worship, which is what's happening to many, many people in our, in our generation. Because we have to understand that we are a three-part being. Amen? 1 Thessalonians 5.23 We are spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. 
And so Wendell was talking just a little bit ago about one of the ways that we keep ourselves from entering into uh, those, those kinds of attitudes of grumbling and complaining and, and really taking offense and, and treating one another with a familiar attitude. See, we do this as the body of Christ all the time. When it comes to the glory of God, we don't see one another as containers of the glory of God, of the life of God. We just see one another after the flesh. But what we find out is that as we become aware of the spirit of God within us and what we have in us already in Christ, we can begin to release that through our soul, our will, our mind and our emotions. And this is the area church where we must learn how to draw near. Now, my model for years was to try to get the church into the Holy of Holies. I thought if I could just get us into the Holy of Holies, man, we're going to experience a presence of God. We're going to experience wonderful, wonderful things in his presence. But what I didn't realize is that you have to make that choice by the Spirit of God let me, let me say this, and then I'll come back to that. Anything that you initiate without the Spirit of God from the realm of the soul will produce nothing but flesh. Your soul was never made to lead. Neither was your body. Lord, I don't feel like it this morning. I don't feel like praising you. I don't feel like giving you thanks. So what we're doing is we're basing everything on emotion. We're basing everything on what we feel, and we're trying to get our feelings to lead us. Well, no, that's absolutely backwards. See, we've been trying to get into the Holy of Holies from Sunday to Sunday, from week to week. Actually, it's just reversed. We're already there. We need to, we need to realize that we start in the Holy of Holies. We go through the holy place. And we go through into the outer courts. So we go from spirit, allowing the spirit to fill our soul, and then it comes out of our body. Amen? It's just reversed from what most people are trying to do when it comes to praise and worship. So this area of the soul becomes a really, really big deal because, turn with me over to Hebrews, and let's look at this scripture just quickly. Hebrews chapter 9. Verse 11 and 12 says, Christ came as high priest of good things to come with the greater and the more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. He entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. Praise God. Now, look over at chapter 10 of Hebrews and verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the Holy of Holies by what? By the blood of Jesus. Say this, say this this morning with me. I have boldness, I have boldness to, enter to enter the Holy of Holies by the blood of Jesus. Blood of Jesus. That, is my access. that is my access. I'm a believer, I'm a believer. Not, a not a doubter. Amen. Amen. So he says that this is a new and living way. It's not an old covenant. It's a better covenant with better promises. It's a new and it's a living way which he has consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God. Now here we go. 
Verse 22, let us draw near. So you say, you just told me a little while ago, I'm seated with him in heavenly places. I'm confused now. If I'm seated with him in heavenly places, then why do I have to draw near? Well, you're not, you're not alone. There's a lot of people who have become confused over this because they don't understand the difference between spirit, soul, and body. What we have to get is that in the spirit realm, we're seated with him in heavenly places. We have wall-to-wall God in our spirit man. I cannot get any more of God in my spirit man than I have right now. The minute we became born again, I have all of God in my spirit man than I'm ever going to have. You can't lay hands on me to give me more of God in my spirit man. I've already got the anointing from the Holy Ghost. First John tells us you already have the anointing. Praise the Lord. You know all things by the spirit of God. But how many of you know in our soul realm, sometimes we're just frankly out to lunch. It's not good. And have you noticed how it usually becomes more evident in the holy times? Like during worship. I've wondered for years if I could suddenly put probes on your brain and flash your thought life up on the screen, what we would actually see during praise and worship, even though you're seated with them in heavenly places. Come on, you know what I'm talking about, right? You're supposed to be entering in, you're supposed to be drawing near, and all of a sudden you're just dealing with these funky thoughts. You're thinking about, you know... Who does that guy think he is up there? <laughs> kind of thoughts, right? You're thinking about what you have to do. And don't you love it when you're going to do the early morning prayer thing? You know, okay, Lord, this is it. I'm doing it. I'm going to do the early morning prayer thing. And after you've been praying for about, you know, five minutes, all of a sudden you wake up. <laughs> it's embarrassing. And then as if that's not bad enough, drool is coming out the side of your mouth. I mean, our soul, it's just a mess. It's a mess. Our thoughts are contrary to the ways of God until we begin to renew our mind, until we begin to allow the Spirit of God to fill us. And in this realm of the soul is the realm where we draw near. Amen. Look at this, verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Now, I don't have time to get into this this morning, but there's, this is where a lot of confusion comes because people don't always understand the difference between spirit and soul. And that spirit and soul together in Scripture make up the heart. So when we're talking about the inner man, the heart, we're talking about spirit and soul coming together. But it is always initiated from the spirit man by the spirit of God. And as we allow the spirit of God to fill us, then it stands to reason that our worship is going to become spirit filled. Instead of just having contemporary worship or modern worship, do you know you could go into about 10 different flavors of churches in our city right now and every church would be singing exactly the same songs and doing the same thing? And yet several of them would not claim to be spirit-filled. Like, Lord, what is wrong with this picture? You say, does it have to have something wrong with it? I mean, maybe, maybe we're all in unity. Well, that'd be wonderful. 
But just start speaking in tongues and see how in unity it is. See? And so what we've done is we've taken the things of the Spirit because we don't want to offend anyone and we've put them way on the back bench. Who sings in tongues anymore? Oh, that turns off unbelievers. That's not even scriptural. Well, that's not what the Apostle Paul said. Where are the gifts of the Spirit in operation in our gatherings today? Or what about when we leave our gatherings and go out into the street? Do we even allow the Spirit of God to be demonstrated? Paul says, I didn't come to you with man's enticing wisdom, enticing words. I came to you in power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. So what does that look like when we gather together? I think that's what God's showing us. Amen. But we have to understand personally that we are responsible for being spirit-filled. You say, well, I got baptized in the Holy Ghost 30 years ago, brother. You know, well, I know. So did I. I'm not talking about that. When you got baptized in the Holy Ghost, I'm sure it was fabulous. It was wonderful, as it was for me. But you know what? We can't live on our baptism 30 years ago. Praise God. We have to be being spirit-filled today. One of my friends from Tulsa said, there's something about life that's so daily. How many of you know, as good as yesterday was, it's gone. You can't live spirit-filled on yesterday's revelation. Today's a brand new day. New mercies. Praise God. Every morning, His mercies are new. So what does that look like to be spirit-filled today? Well, look at this. He says, let's draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled. This is why we know it's not our spirit, per se, from an evil conscience. We're talking about our soul realm, our will, our mind, our emotions. Even our conscience is in the realm of our soul. And our body is washed with pure water. So as we learn how to draw near, here's where it becomes really powerful. For you to understand that that model that I thought was the model for, for me to get in the spirit was really all about the model for me to allow the spirit of God to flow through my soul. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. See, we thought that applied to the spirit. So we were trying to get in the spirit every Sunday, every time we gathered together for worship. But the Bible says, let's draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. So what we have to understand is that when we enter a gate, what does a gate do? It either lets you in or it keeps you out. Well, that's like your will in the realm of your soul. If your will says, I won't, it doesn't matter how great the worship leader is up front. If you've determined that you're not going to enter in, you can just stand there in your unbelief and be determined not to enter in. Nobody can make you do that, right? But if you've come in faith, if you've come already ready to enter in, then there's a whole different manifestation that's going to happen in our gatherings together as a result. So watch this. I enter his gates with thanksgiving. So where are my gates? The gates are my will. My will is going to say yes to the will of God. And when my will says yes to the will of God, I enter in that with thanksgiving. Thanks be unto God who always causes me to praise God. Lord, I give you thanks in all things for you are worthy. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of Christ Jesus concerning me. Praise God. And pretty soon as my soul begins to give thanks by the Spirit of God in me, 
all of a sudden, I'm entering over into praise without even hardly trying. It's just pretty effortless. I'm starting to thank God, and now I'm saying, Lord, praise you. You are so good. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you. And all of a sudden, now my emotions that were so whacked out just a minute ago are starting to come into alignment to the Spirit of God. I'm allowing the Spirit of God to fill my emotions. Praise God. Many people are so afraid of their emotions that they've kind of dialed them down into nothingness and become neutralized. That is not God's plan. God does not want you ruled by your emotions, but he has given you emotions in order to be expressive with his life from within you. You go to a football game, you see a guy shouting over a touchdown, man, I'm right with him, I love it, praise God. You know, especially when the Broncos have a touchdown. That's almost miraculous. I'm just saying. And, you know, when they, when they have a touchdown, you know, what, as guys especially, what do we do? Wow! You know, we do the whole thing, you know. Praise God. And then you come to church and you're like, praise you, Lord. Lord, you are so worthy. I love you so much. See? And we've misunderstood that God gave us emotion to bless the Lord, oh my soul. And that is within me, bless his holy name. Praise God. We're not to be ruled by our emotions. We're to allow the spirit of God to fill our emotions. And we talk about sometimes the spirit of God as if it's different from the word of God. But the truth is, our soul realm, we have to renew our mind. There is no option to it, church. You know, one of the reasons why I think we backed off of the things of the Spirit is because they got so squirrely. Didn't they? I mean, come on, I was in Tulsa when all the feathers fell. I love what Dr. Stewart said. Who shot him? Speaking of the Holy Ghost. It was supposed to be a manifestation of feathers, you know, falling from the Holy Spirit. Oh my goodness, really, people? You might just say, work with me. <laughs> so because it got squirrely, watch this. Because it got squirrely in some areas, what did we do? I'm not touching that. That's weird. I'm not going there. I, you know, I don't want to turn off anybody in my church, praise God. I'm trying to build my church. Jesus said, I'll build it. I'll, I'll, you know, gates of hell won't prevail. So I'm, I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to build my church. Well, then let's do it by the Spirit of God. Let's not do it in the natural and ask God to bless it. Let's get His plan where the blessing already is. Amen. And the blessing is in being Spirit-filled. Oh, man, I wish I had more time to talk about this because there's so many other things. Turn with me over to Ephesians chapter 5 and then keep a mark there in Hebrews 10. We'll come back to that. Ephesians chapter 5. See, this realm of the soul is so vital for us to get because when we come together, not only do we allow our will to offer thanksgiving unto God, which automatically just begins to bring us into the courts with praise. And as the courts become filled with praise, our will, our mind, our emotions, all of our inner man becomes more aware of the presence of God that was already wall to wall in our spirit man just a few minutes earlier, but we didn't know it. See, we were more focused on the things of the natural. But as we begin to give place and give room to the Spirit of God within us, 
by offering thanksgiving and praise unto God and beginning to magnify the Lord instead of the stuff that we're walking in, amen? We become more aware of what's already in us than the other stuff around us. Now look at this, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19. Well, let's begin with verse 18. Okay, 17. (laughs) Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Now you know this already, but that word be filled means be being filled with the Spirit of God. This is not an experience where you got baptized in the Holy Ghost 30 years ago, bless God. No, thank God you did. But this is today. So I have to be filled with the Spirit of God today. I want to be filled with the Spirit of God today. So how do I do that? How do I allow the Spirit of God that's in me to fill me to overflowing? By simply giving place to it. It's already in you. When you pray at the beginning of your day, you don't have to ask God to come. He's already in you. All you have to do is something like this. I speak over my body today that I am Spirit-filled in the name of Jesus. My will, my mind, and my emotions all come into submission to the Spirit of God within me. I allow the Spirit of God to fill my conversation. I allow the Spirit of God to fill my mind and my attitude. For I am going to be Christ-like today in the name of Jesus. And as I do that, I give place to what's already in me. And watch what happens in this next verse. He says, be being filled with the Spirit of God, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So what do I do? I become a party just waiting to happen, praise God. I become so filled with the Spirit of God that not only am I singing worship songs to myself, but I'm actually encouraging you with them, praise God. Now, I'm not saying that from worship leader position to congregation position. I'm saying that as you, a believer, to another believer. We all are called of God to be living this lifestyle. You say, well, I'm not a really good singer. It doesn't matter. Being a good singer is not what it's about. Amen. If you have breath, you qualify. It doesn't even have to be good breath. But we prefer that. Let everything with breath praise the Lord. See? So what do you do? You begin to speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And you encourage one another. Look over with me at Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Boy, I've got to wrap this up. Look at verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with what? Grace in your hearts to the Lord. You say, is the word of God really that important to to renew your mind to and have that really be a part of your soul realm? Absolutely, it's critical. I was talking to a worship leader not too long ago and I said, you know, does it bother you that we're singing worship songs that aren't even scriptural? And he said, well, you know, in our culture today, we we call it poetic license. I said, that's not what I call it. 
See, this verse says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. See, if we're teaching stuff from our pulpits that are unscriptural, would we allow that for one minute? Then why are we doing it with our songs? Why do we allow our songs to not be filled with the word of God? Amen. We need to make sure that our lyrics are scriptural, number one. And if they're not, then don't sing them. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. You know what a spirit-filled worship service looks like? I'm telling you, it's pretty powerful. Look over here again, and I'm going to wrap up with this. Hebrews chapter 10. It says, let's hold fast, verse 23, the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Verse 24, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as you see the day approaching. Church, I'm telling you, I see a day coming when we're not going to try to come to church to get spirit-filled. We are the church, and we are spirit-filled, and when we come together to gather, we're going to be so full of the Spirit of God that we're going to be encouraging one another. We're going to be speaking words of encouragement to one another. We're going to allow the Spirit of God to flow out from us and minister encouragement to people who desperately need encouragement. Praise God. And as we gather as the church, we're going to allow the gifts of the Spirit. We're going to allow the fruit of the Spirit. When someone needs healing, we're not going to say, well, there's somebody who's going to be really anointed after the service to pray for you. As soon as we find out somebody needs healing, we're going to lay our hands on them and we're going to command healing in the name of Jesus. Praise God. So what does spirit-filled worship look like? It's pretty exciting. It's full of the presence of God. It's full of the truth of God. It's full of the spirit of God. And we allow God to be God in our midst. But is it a process? Yeah, it is. Because there's going to be some old stuff that's going to try to hang on. But we've got to come to the place of renewing our minds to the better way to worship. And as we realize what God has in mind, church, I think we're in for some exciting times. Amen? Let's pray real quick. Father, I just thank you for this group of people this morning. Thank you, Lord God, for their hungry hearts. Thank you, Lord God, that they're really ready to press into all that you have for them in the realm of their soul. Father, we thank you for the word of God that is alive and powerful. And we thank you that the spirit and the word always agree. And Lord, I thank you that you're doing uh, your thing in the earth. And that's what we embrace, Lord, is the work by your spirit. Thank you for what's happening in our churches across America and across the nations of the earth. Lord God, we give you glory because it is by your spirit and we give you praise, understanding that it's not us, it's all about you. So Lord, we say, let God arise and let the enemies be scattered. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Daniel. Um, You know, it was only a few months ago that I heard uh, Daniel speak on these things. And um, that was the first time I had really heard someone speak on New Testament worship in that way, a better way to worship. So how many of you in here, was that the first time, raise your hand, that you've heard a message like what you just heard? Raise your hand. Amen. Amen. It's good.